There we are. How we doing? How are you doing out there right now? Listening. You hear me? You see me? We're on YouTube every single Wednesday at 4.20 p.m. The following day, every Thursday, there's a brand new episode of this very show. Tell them the name of the show, Dustin. Because Cannabis? It's like I'm confused. I Were think you asking as a question? Cannabis. Like literally, this is our, I don't know, we're mid-70s now on these shows. We record multiple of these every single week. We're out there promoting and talking about it. And I know once you had a company, shout out to Inhalables, and you had a, like a question mark on the logo, which I never quite understood, but branding is branding. We all have our own brands that we put out there. We all sometimes walk in between the valley of confidence and insecurities. You know how it goes. Uh, but that was said on the top of the insecurity mountain dustin like you were very much like uh, because cannabis no. you know what i i think part of it is that you and i were just talking about another show title and I, i'm helping out an entirely other show earlier before this so i'm i got like four shows in my head right now Mm. I got one show in my head, and it's this very one that you are listening to right now. We have an amazing guest. I am laser, singularly focused, Dustin, as always, head in the clouds. But that is how we roll on Because Cannabis, said with confidence. Because Cannabis, every single Wednesday, 4.20 p.m. <laughs> on YouTube. I'm just rocking. I'm, I'm falling down into the valley of insecurity as we speak. Like the roller coaster with confidence, confidence, insecure hands up you in the, the air front like just or in the back here. which one do you on the, on. i'm a mid-car guy a mid-car mid -car guy. guy what mid -car I, guy. so that's just I like comfortably whatever i can no, get I'm I, I'm not gonna. hold on when you get into the coaster let's talk about that it's been a long time uh since i've been a roller coaster our guest is from uh out there in california lots of amusement parks and rides out there it's a great topic to talk about i don't know if i necessarily love the idea of amusement parks or especially high altitude high velocity unnecessary in my life g-forces like i don't need that when i was but a wee lad when i was but you know a lowercase bc not the capital case bc that you see here today when i was but a wee lad right when i was a lowercase letter i went to amusement parks with reckless abandon on and on i would ride them i'd wait in line uh never a big fan of the spinny rides right never did you do the spinny things where you spin around like we had a ride I, here. You know what? It's the fucking swings that are really high. <laughs> like, I'll spin. Spinning ain't a problem, but it's like you put me on some fucking quarter inch thick chain link nonsense and i'm like this is fucking death this is ridiculous it is uh, dumb. i spent a summer i've had a lot of different jobs our guest today has had a lot of different jobs i'm excited to talk to her about them i've had a lot of different jobs along the way dustin but i spent two summers two summers and what will i will on this very show to this day probably the most fun I have ever had in a job because I was 19 and I was 20 and it was the summer and I was a roller coaster operator at an amusement park in Northeast <laughs> Ohio. It was work all day, right? Ridiculous polo short and short shorts. It was the early 90s. That's how we rocked back then. Terrible tan lines, but you'd work all day. You'd party all night and it was nothing but literally 18 to 25 year old men and women around each other all day long. It was really fun. Uh, I do have a like, terrible uh, horse. Thank story. you for entering the double loop. Please. I did rock know. the. Oh, you know what? Speaking of the double loop, uh, I once had the double <laughs> loop and I shot the coaster. So when you're learning to, at that time, they had a hydraulic brake system and you had to time it. And so it would come in and you would press the button and it would go. Ch -ch 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 -ch. 
you know, the slow succession oh, yeah. of braking that happens as the coaster pulls in uh, to the terminal. And so if you did not press that button just right, you would delay it. And so it would just be, sh- and then the train would slightly shoot out of the station. And now <laughs> they're stuck. Like they can't get out. You can't bring them out. So now it's like one more time. Again. <laughs> Three times those fuckers rode it. Three I, times in a row. I went, I sent them on the roller coaster. It was not a pleasant ride. Uh, I don't even like them anymore. Like I don't even do roller coasters anymore. Uh, JM Babuena, uh, the offer of su- the successful cannerpreneur. Uh, are you an adventure junkie, JM? Is this something you thrive for? You're out in California. It's beautiful weather. Uh, you're writing books. You're doing there. You're consulting and compliance in the cannabis industry. But do you have an adventurous side what makes like your heart go like let's do this let me tell you i worked on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier (gasps) and so if that's not adrenaline yeah nothing how do you beat that yes yes absolutely i i loved it i mean that that type of work uh i was like i would never do that anywhere else um and so it's super dangerous obviously but um absolutely exhilarating uh, we should mention J.M. Babuena, a veteran of the United States Navy. Thank you for your service very much. And thank you uh, for joining us today on Because Cannabis. We're excited, Dustin and I, to talk to you about your book, The Successful Cannerpreneur, which you can find on thesuccessfulcannerpreneur.com. Uh, it's available everywhere. You can find uh, J.M. on Instagram, underscore J.M. Balbuena. Uh, J.M., thank you for joining the show. We're excited to talk to you uh, about the book. Let's start there. Like, you know, you talked about being an adventure junkie, but also finding yourself in the military and probably being, you know, way more than being strapped into a coaster, though that made me afraid for my life. So I could never imagine myself on one of those. How did you find yourself like in the Navy? You know, we'll get to your cannabis journey, but I'm always Mm -hmm. curious sometimes how a young person uh, finds themselves committing to this type of service. What was that decision that led to it? What decided to embark you on that journey of becoming, you know, uh, you know, Part of I, armed forces. I actually, as a kid, I I used to play that I was a sailor. Actually, I had a, a little sailor suit that I wore oh. every single Saturday. I, I have so many pictures on that little sailor suit. Maybe I'll send it to you guys. <laughs> I would love to um, see so I think it was a little bit of destiny and then just a little bit of other factors. Um, I started working in corporate America after college, and it was so boring to me. I didn't I just knew that that was not for me and um you know going to college in the United States you get a few loans um and I'm thinking to myself how do I pay these loans and every time I just get well you know what to backtrack when I graduated high school it was like shortly after 9-11 and Mm. I wanted to join the Navy I actually you know brought a recruiter home but my mom was like nope (laughs) we're at war (laughs) That's not happening. You know, we had just been in America for like only five years at that point. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're going to college. Plus, I was like first generation that would have been attending college. And my mom was like, you're not going to rob me of that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so I was like, all right, well, I guess it's not meant to be. Um, Graduated college, started working corporate America, hated it. And in certain, you know, in search of student loan payment programs and, and things like that, the military kept coming up. And then it was like, I guess we have another opportunity here to do it. And so I joined the Navy under um, what's called the loan repayment program, LRP contract, where they pay your student loans and you serve um, for four years. And, and that's what I did. So that was my excuse. Then I said, okay, I'm joining the Navy now. And everyone in my family was like, what are you thinking? <laughs> you don't need this. And I'm like, there's a calling, you know, and uh, and plus they're paying my student loans and they're like, oh. Yes. <laughs> and so um, then I joined and that's how I found myself. An actual sailor from visualizing it as a little kid. <laughs> that's a pretty cool journey though. Mm-hmm. I, I read in your book um, that some things happened in the Navy uh, that you got a concussion and that you um, weren't able to speak English for 15 minutes. Yes. Uh, we're just showing that, that severity of, of the blow. Um, I, at first I, I could see a lot of the drive that would come from s- someone 
in service and wanting to be an entrepreneur, all of that foundation is already kind of been established. You understand yourself, you know, you, you, you're the willingness to overcome and see things through all that grit that's kind of involved in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. But I also found it interesting that it also in turn led to almost a condition that brought you to cannabis as well. It's that almost full circle of just all encompassing of what the Navy did provide for you in that, in that sense of, yeah. And I would love to kind of hear about kind of that, about, going from the Navy, things happening, health conditions into cannabis right. use. Yeah. Um, so after that accident, uh, I was walking behind. I, so I was an aviation electronic te electronics technician. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked with uh, F-18 fighter jets. And while working on the flight deck, um, uh, I was walking behind one of the aircraft and it went up on power and it kind of like just... Uh, you know, blew me. Oh my gosh. Um, and uh, with that, I, fortunately, I didn't break any bones. Um, definitely landed on my head. Fortunately, I was wearing all my gear, protective gear in that, um, you know, it works kids, by the way. So wear, <laughs> wear it right. Um, you know, but, you know, the impact of the blow, it was a, a huge blow um, in my head. And, and I um, also, uh, my back uh, got, uh, messed up from it. And, um, fr and from there, I definitely, while we were dealing with the whole situation, um, realized that I couldn't communicate. I'm, you know, in my brain, I'm like, I, I, I'm trying to say things in English at that point, And I'm trying, and it's just like very frustrating because I couldn't communicate until then I started speaking Spanish because I'm looking at things, you know, and I just, the, the name of it would just, like I could see it and I know what it is, but I couldn't. I remember I was trying to count. That's what they, they were trying. Um, I was trying to do and the numbers were not there. And so fortunately, you know, my first language is Spanish and it just kind of revert back to that. Um, and that's when we knew that, you know, there was a, a situation there. Um, but uh, like you said, moving forward from that, um, I developed uh, a sleeping, my, my, my entire sleeping system is completely discombobulated. So I'm not able to even today sleep through the night. And that's when cannabis came in. Um, I had before cannabis, three years of waking up like every hour, every 45 minutes. And I'm talking about fully awake, just. Oh yeah. And so at the beginning it was super frustrating for me because I keep waking up and I'm not resting and I don't know what to do. So, you know, I'm, while I was deployed, that's when I started, they were giving me Benadryl. <laughs> they were trying to give me like light things because some of the stuff they had, they were saying it was super addictive and things like that. So they mm -hmm. didn't want to lead with that until I got back and, you know, can get some studies done and everything that was going on. Um, and well, long story short, I get out of the Navy. I'm still dealing with this. You know, now it's almost three years I'm, I, and I'm dealing with the lack of sleep. And now it's like very, I'm very tense. I'm irritable and all these other things. Depression setting in because of the frustration and things like that. And um, another fellow veteran introduced me to cannabis and that the yeah. rest of history. So that night where, you know, Literally after a few puffs, I'm like, I felt like I was waiting to exhale. I felt tenseless. It was just like, oh my gosh, that's me. That, that's me. <laughs> I want to feel like that forever, you know? And um, it just completely shattered. Anything, any thought that I had about cannabis at that point was just like a question mark, like, <laughs> like Dustin started earlier. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just like, wait a minute. So why is this illegal? Like, exactly. okay, this is helping me. I'm thinking my whole life, I'm thinking this was going to melt my, melt my brain cells or uh, I will wake up the next day asking for meth or something like that. And Daily that was you know, and um, I started then looking into the medical benefits. Um, shortly after that um, episode, I met my business partner, Dwayne, who now started, educating me about dosing, you know, about 
um, edibles and, you know, that completely just changed the game. Um, so from there, you know, now I'm sleeping better. Then I realized, oh my gosh, I actually need to medical help, you know, to deal sure. with everything. So went to the VA, um, you know, uh, started doing therapy, um, uh, therapy for sleeping. And then I started just incorporated cannabis into my, you know, night routine and getting full days rest and, or nights uh, rest, I, I should say. And, just completely changed my life and that's when i just cranked up the you know the engine the fuel that i needed to just start you know my journey in life and um from there it was like okay so not only is this a great product you know that can help people it's medicine it's also a viable business because of that because i'm sure. thinking as myself i'm a veteran i'm a woman you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm doing all these things and I'm still, and now I'm functioning even better, you know, and this, this thing is actually helping me. And then thinking uh, about my culture, you know, I'm from the Dominican Republic. I'm thinking in my, in my culture, this is a negative thing. And so now I feel like I was granted this mission to educate um, people uh, in my community about the benefits, you know, about the fact that we have an endocannabinoid system and this thing can help us um, with so many different uh, conditions, you know, um, including like people that are uh, doing chemotherapy and, you know, they have nausea, they have different things like, hey, you don't have to smoke it. If you're against smoking, you know, maybe this little gummy can help you yeah. feel better that day. And, you know, it makes a difference. I, I'm definitely... Uh, the living example of, of, of how that changes everything. And so during that initial time when you were kind of consuming the cannabis, but also still very much a veteran and still doing that. And we've spoken with, we've had some other veterans with Robert Kowalski. He's a founder of Veterans Ending the Stigma. He was just mm -hmm. in DC on April 20th, like out there advocating for veteran use in the Department of VA. Did you feel, as we've heard before, was it a weird experience for you, like a shame or guilt because you're taking this product oh. that the VA is saying don't? Like, how was that balance for you internally? Uh, during that time, I got to imagine that was a difficult. Yeah, but, you know, you you're battling uh, the conditioning, you know, of all the misinformation that mm. you had, not only from the military side, but also, you know, culturally, also maybe even some people because of religion, and and, and now you're questioning, like, and I remember thinking, like, wait, am I a drug addict now? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> That's, that's kind of yeah, like yeah. that's terrible. Like, I shouldn't laugh. First few times yeah. I'm like, now because yeah, am I like, gonna... I'm feeling like myself, but am I a drug addict for feeling right, right now? Yeah, it's a bit... exactly. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, well, if this an addiction, if this addiction is actually helping me sleep, helping mm -hmm. me to get up and show up to work on time. <laughs> And then, you know, be? that negative and positive, it's like you're all these questions and it's like, you know what, let me just live my life. And yeah. this is actually helping me. So why would I choose the path of resistance? Let me go here and see where, the, where it leads. And it definitely led to better to a better place. So the green, it's definitely the, the grass is definitely green <laughs> if you <laughs> follow that path. Um, so anyone sure that Dustin say something. So uh he's going, you're frozen all Dustin. Dustin's having connecting issues today. We apologize here. Uh, because cannabis, uh usually we're pretty good here with connection issues. We're talking with JM Babuena, uh, you know, named the 2021 uh cannabis educator of the year at the Las Vegas Cannabis Awards, recently the new Latino 100 uh Latina shaping the world. It's pretty exciting that then you took that journey, right? And now you're experiencing this and you had said in yourself, I got these skill sets, I want to talk about education, I want to end some sort of cultural stigma and some institutionalized stigma within the government. Uh, you like the plant. There's a lot of people in that moment right there, JM. Mm -hmm. They like the plant. I, I consume it. I feel better about it. I have a story maybe, even I have some other connections, but the jump, right? The leap. So what is your step where you're sitting here? You understand that the plant's helpful. You're doing some research. You're looking into medication. What is that next step then? How do you go from that moment to getting to 
okay, now I want to get into the business. Like, how does it go from a consumer and advocate? What was that jump or transition or how did you get to entrepreneur and advocate? Well, for me personally, um, once I met my business partner at that point, you know, he communicated to me and this is a 20 end of 2015 around, you know, starting 2016. And when he mentioned that he was looking to get a license to grow, I just started asking questions. So I'm asking him, like, what do you mean? What does that mean? Um, legal, like to do it legally, can you explain? And so once I had a, a, a concept in my mind that I wasn't not going to go to jail if I- <laughs> That is always a, always a thing. Right, because that, you know, that's that's the other part when you're thinking you're a drug addict. Wait, am I going to be selling drugs? <laughs> like this, yeah. this, you know, and this is 2016 again. Um, at that point, then I felt, com you know, comfortable, especially when I'm visiting the site, I'm seeing paperwork um, and, and how things are working. And uh, I took the leap. I literally asked them, um, can I come work? With you, can I work for you? I I, I don't care. You know, I, I'm really interested in in the potential mm -hmm. of the things that you got going on, and then the bigger picture. You know, the fact that this plant um, can help a lot of people and it's a viable business. You know, the dispensaries. There's a lot of traffic. This is in. You know, this is my limited knowledge at that point. Sure. Um, and he gave me the opportunity, and we ran with it. And two years later, you know, I earned my partnership. Um, and so I put in the work, I'll tell you right now that since 2016, when, when we, um, when he founded the company, uh, there's been so many changes, you know, we've been through a lot and, um, the evolution, not just of the company, but my career and what we have been able to accomplish by simply being just, uh, resilient in the space and, and moving with the waves and, 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 you know, having created vision to circumvent the, the hurdles, um, that that's pretty much uh, what the journey and in, in, in continues to be because this this environment in the cannabis industry in California or in the United States is so dynamic and sure. so many changes happening. But to take the leap is just understand what you bring to the table, I would say, like know what you bring to the table. So like that, when the opportunity comes, you know, your strengths, you know, your weaknesses, and you can play on both and provide, you know, as much value as you can. So you can be successful. So you can contribute to the success of, of um, either the entity or the organization that you are plugging yourself into. And then you can grow from there. You know, a lot of people in this space, um, sometimes they give up because it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, no, for sure. It can be if um, you are in a startup, you know, sometimes startups run out of money and now you got to get creative to either raise more capital or come up, you know, with ways to to make it happen. And a lot of the times, um, unfortunately, like the lower um, the the people that are at the lower, you know, uh, paying jobs like they're the first to go sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that can discourage somebody that's at that level. Um, but, you know, at that point, just know that there are other opportunities and you can find them. And if you want to be a part of the industry, this industry has a lot of things going on that need um, assistance. And so uh, if you focus on, provi on providing massive value and understanding how you can do things better, uh, there's a place for you in this space. How was, if your family was a little bit like off-putting because you wanted to go into the military and become a, get into the Navy and not go to college, how was the response to, I want to go work in the cannabis space from that, especially given your cultural background? Right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how you've been able to use that and influence and, you know, bring forth a lot more, you know, ownership representation. But back in 15, 2015 and 16, uh, when you're, how was your family like when you said, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. I think, was that resistance or did you feel well, that kind of weird shame guilt? What was that process like? I didn't tell them. 
knew every question that they were going to ask. I had an answer for it when my family had the little intervention of, what are you doing? You went to mm -hmm. college, you have a job, like we're, yeah. you know, so being in this space for two years, you know, at that point I felt super comfortable um, explaining how this was helping me medically and then explaining, you know, the business side of things, the fact that, you know, hey, especially because I focused on, Um, in, in our business for Prime Harvest, which is the company. Um, I focused on the compliance management um, and licensing acquisition. And so I was able to literally explain the process. You know, I'm actually, this is licenses we're getting in the city of San Diego, you know, and things like that. And at that point, it was just like, are you sure? Um, yes, I'm doing it. And look, there's receipts everywhere. <laughs> there's receipts. It's legit, right? It's right. right there. So at that point, you know, that's that's how I did it. <laughs> how was it in, there. in that kind of beginning stages? Like, for example, we recently uh, we were talking with Susie Plasencia from Umo, um, Jesus Barola from Possible. We've had them on and we've talked a lot about their experiences being Latin and trying to push into this space, represent a, a heavy user base, but not a lot of representation and ownership uh, mm -hmm. and You're also dealing with another hugely underrepresented category in cannabis ownership, right? Females, right? We deal with a lot of, fortunately, a lot of old white people look like me, and we need a lot more <laughs> diversity into there. But that's what people are saying now in 2023. I got to imagine in 2016, mm -hmm. when you're trying to break in, like we were not, you know, we always evolve. We're always evolving and growing. And we had, we weren't at that spot yet where I think where we were demanding and saying, look, we need better representation of our consumers so they can feel more comfortable with this product. How was that? Did you feel uh, like you got resistance? Like what was that process like for you? I would imagine putting yourself out there in a heavily space dominated by people who may not like you or accept you. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I got to imagine it was hard. Yeah, it definitely was tough. Just mostly being the only female in the room. Um, a lot of the times, even, you know, I, I would go to networking events where there's not that many women. And a lot of women even thought that I was like somebody's assistant or somebody, you know, they or, you know, they were not necessarily for business or something like that. And that was so weird to me. Yeah. I'm like, Girl, <laughs> you know, or even being the only female in the room and at times being dismissed when I'm talking, you know, people interjecting and things of that nature. But um, I think I handled myself pretty well uh, and confidently. Uh, fortunately, my business partner, Dwayne, he's black. Um, and so he also understood, you know, my position. And in yeah. a lot of the times I would say acted as an ally to, uh, you know, just make sure that I uh, had my space to, express you know especially because i'm running the company with him um and just giving me that that um little bit of just push even to feel more confident in saying excuse me you know don't interrupt me and in, in moving um on with my point or something mm -hmm. like that but I, i would say yeah it was a little bit intimidating um and then uh, i should say that there was in 20 At the end of 2018, I went to one event um, from a community called Pink, the Pink Sesh um, here in San Diego, and it was a cannabis, a women in cannabis community. And that event changed everything for me because when I went there and it was all women, some of them were, you know, working in the industry, some of them weren't, they were just consumers and, you know, had their safe space mm -hmm. um, to, to consume and things like that. They uh, in that moment, I was like, oh, the change is coming. That that's pretty much what it, it made awesome. me very um, op it, made, it made me very uh, um, hopeful of the future because I said, nah, there's more. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that once we we get our, you know, our foundation 
in, in this space, um, women are going to start taking over. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it, it's been more. It's been more and more, and I'm less surprised the more often it happens. Obviously, we still have a tremendous way to go. But Absolutely. it's good to see, right? It's good to see. Right. And I think that, to me, is why I love being able to have people like yourself and uh, Susie and some other, Dr. Bridget Williams, who's one of our favorites. She's a recommended physician, an African-American female, because it shows people, right, like they're out there. And I think that's as young entrepreneurs, you know, mm -hmm. and we're talking with J.M. Balbuena, the author of The Successful Canterpreneur. You can find her book on thesuccessfulcanterpreneur.net on Instagram, underscore, underscore, uh, dot com. Easy. Oh, <laughs> man, too many promos going in my head at the same time. We'll definitely have the link to the book right below us, to the website, the Instagram, all that in the comments of the video of the Spotify. So click subscribe, click follow while you're there. Check us out. Um, I would imagine when you're going through that, you know, that's this one transition that you're going through, trying to find your place, trying to uh, be involved, trying to get more, you know, recognition and ownership. But you also, at the same time, your company is going through this transition in California, if you're in 16, 17, 18, of the medicinal to the adult use wave that happened right around 18. It became legal, started slow, and now is a $10 billion industry in California. Uh, what was that like for you when you're dealing with it? You came to this product on a, a this crop, you know, this plant on a medicinal reason. You mm -hmm. discovered it that way. You found it. And now, you know, when the money, let's be real, the money is an adult use. Uh, how was that transition for you, for Prime, in that transition time? Did you enjoy it? Were you happy for the adult use? Did you have to do more education? Uh, what was that like for you going through the medicinal to adult use as many states, our state here, I'm in is Ohio. We're struggling. We're at some point going to have this medicinal to adult use translate or transfer. What was it like for you guys uh, going through that? That is a great question. We actually had a very unique situation. Hmm. So our license at that point, we were operating under San Diego County. And San Diego County decided that they would not join the adult use market. And so we were required by our ordinance to remain medical only. Um, and so what you said is exactly what we had to do. We, um, in order to be able to compete, because now we are medical only surrounded mm -hmm. by, by a sea of dispensaries that are now entering the adult use market, because only county um, up county uh um the only county licenses um mm -hmm. which were non-incorporated areas in san diego so all the the incorporated areas all went into the adult use market but the county decided not to and there were only four licenses that fell under that jurisdiction and so what we did um was just focus on educate educating the consumer not you know about the benefits uh, of the, you know, the medical benefits of the mm -hmm. plant. Um, and then one step further about the benefits of having a medical recommendation as a consumer because um, of all the extra benefits that, that it came with, like paying a little bit less taxes, buying more um, uh, in bulk, like for instance, in California, you can only buy one ounce under adult use at a dispensary. If you have a medical card, you could buy up to eight ounces. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. So that's that much. I was, you know, I'm, I, we deal with our draconian laws here in Ohio, and I'm pretty up to date on most states, but I didn't realize the distinction in the, I know prices vary a lot, but the distinction in purchase is that right. vast. That's wow. So we focused on that wow. and, and just honing in that message, educating the consumer. Because, for instance, if you're an adult use on 420, um, you can only buy up to one ounce at one dispensary. So if you want more, you have to go dispensary hopping. But okay, if you yeah. have um, a medical recommendation, it opens up, you know, for you to buy a little bit more and you can take advantage of all the prices. And, you know, we just adjusted our communication with the consumer, focused on customer service, making sure that when they came in, they felt right at home. Um, and, you know, when they thought about where they felt good every time they were uh, buying their cannabis they they thought of us yeah um, and, and then fast forward to 2021 the end of 2021 was when they actually allowed us to enter the adult use market not only was it were we not allowed to enter the adult use market we also couldn't sell edibles under that ordinance so the amount of education that we did wow for the patient uh, at that point is making people 
um, be understanding of the actual laws, um, it, it definitely carried us through. And, and you know, once we entered the adult use market, um, it, we just kept the same energy, you know, with yeah. the education and still, you know, um, educating people about having the medical recommendation because it helped, you know, if you are a consumer and you're going to be buying um, frequently, you know, maybe one, one trip to the dispensary, you know, maybe once a month and you get everything you want, you could probably do that more under, uh, having by the benefit of the, of the medical card. And, and, you know, we, we just focus on that and, and it, it worked. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, it's so hard. As you said, it's so hard for companies in California right now, you know, is dealing with, let me ask you, how are you uh, dealing with the plummeting wholesale prices that are happening in California right now. And in fact, one of the, you know, we've had this conversation a few times on the show. If you've listened and you subscribe, thank you, listener. Uh, you know, the prices plummet. Everyone wants adult use to go federally legal. But when your neighbor's state has adult use, guess what? Your budgets drop and your sales drop. And when you have unlimited amount of shops that can open up, well, guess what? Your profits may drop because there's lots of options and then competitiveness happens. And then the price gets like a chef just chopped on down. So how has uh, your company, if you've been going through this, mm -hmm. dealt with this, you know, pre during COVID boom, everyone had it. It happened in 2022. Everyone's like, this is awesome. Or 2021, we've plateaued and going down. How have you guys adjusted? And what's that process been for you as a company and as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. We, we definitely, again, uh, my, I'm, so proud of our team where we're, we get super creative in, in our strategies because we know uh, we've been doing this for a while. My business partner, Dwayne Alexander, he's been doing it. Uh, he's been operating in the legal San Diego market since 2010, you know, under Prop 215. And like, you know, we've transitioned to the different um, uh, tiers, I would say, uh, or evolution of the of the legal market in, in California. And so to deal with that, um, again, we just focused on now that, you know, buying in bulk. So now we have a distribution facility. So we buy our own, um, we buy directly from the farm um, and, you know, make sure that the, because we understand the importance of the supply chain and, mm -hmm. and the people that have been affected the most by it, the group in the industry that has been affected the most by these plummeting prices were the growers. And so we were just working now that we have our distribution and manufacturing license, we have been working directly with them, packaging our own flour um, and making sure that we uh, keep some healthy margins and pass a lot of that savings also to the consumer. Um, so like that, we keep the flow and it's a win-win situation um, for everybody. So we, we've been doing that. Um, again, focusing on getting the consumer to buy more, you know, um, because with the medical rec, that, that was our thing. Hey, you can buy more, you know, and, and we'll make sure that you get good value. Um, yeah, you know, you're just appealing to the customer though. I mean, that's what you're trying. You're just trying to find that way. And it's a great, it's both a great idea. It's cynical market. I mean, whatever it is, it's a brilliant idea though, to focus on that and it matters. And beyond that, um, what we are doing as a company, um, we just uh, got qualified by the Securities and Exchange Commission to raise capital under Reg A. So then when doing that, now we got, we're making the comfortable, uh, the, the customer a priority and they're getting that. Now we're giving them the opportunity to become an investor where they shop. And once they do that, they will never shop anywhere else. And yeah. so- Weedforthepeople.com is our platform where we're um, where we where we have launched uh, our Regulation A campaign, um, encouraging the customer to come to join us in the expansion of our company and to be an investor. You know where they shop and and a partner in a sense um, and own shares in our company and you know get benefits by by coming and shopping. Um, where? It's a great idea, though. It's a really smart idea and something I think is probably going to happen more often. 
uh, going forward. Uh, so I'm excited to see. I'm really disappointed. If you've been listening and you haven't heard Dustin Cobb in a while, it's because he's internet bailed. It happens <laughs> sometimes. He's actually texting me live during the show right now. He's super bummed, JM, because he was researching on you and he's the one that actually read the book. You know, that happens too. Uh, yeah. He was super excited because he's reading about you and here you are talking about Web3, about blockchain. That's like his mm -hmm. secret word. Blockchain is very, those things. You're talking about uh, using AI in these other areas. He's like, ask her about AI, ask her about Web3. So let's talk a little bit about the advancing technologies in cannabis, right? This is the industry that is, look, it's it's dirt, it's sun, it's water. That's what you need to grow a plant, right? We don't say dirt, we say soil now, but that's what we need, right? We need like three basic things, seed, dirt, sun, water, done, plant mm -hmm. grows. It's 2023. I know the legacy market. It's going strong. I'm sure there's awesome sun-kissed plants in Humboldt County, but we have technology. We have lean. We have efficiency. We're just – it's changing on a scale to keep up with those pricing structures that you just mentioned. So how have and why did you start to turn towards – technology talk to me about how you know web3 or ai what you're doing there oh, yeah. so uh, with, with, with the web3 um what we're doing there is utilizing it to uh, evolve advocacy so okay. still, you know similar message obviously like you said it's a plant it has medicinal properties um it's also a viable business but um with my brand boy gashari weed um what we're doing is taking uh history and with every collection, we kind of take a piece of history of cannabis prohibition um, and dissect it in, in, in with graphics. Um, in, in, uh, we've created a few metaverses, kind of like a metaverse world where um, in one you can go and learn about um, 1930s um, where you had uh, people using cannabis for creative purposes, you know, to create music, jazz, blues, all of those um, characters from back in the day, like Louis Armstrong, Billie Holiday, Bessie Smith, they all use cannabis um, to enhance their creativity, also to deal with all the BS from the racial relations sure. in America in, in, in those times. And um, then, you know, we talk about the people that were pursuing them, um, the people like, let's say, um, Harry Anslinger, who pretty much had it out to get all these people in jail for consuming cannabis. Um, and then you had later on like the Nixons and, you know, Nixon and, and creating um, or criminalizing uh, drug, drug use. Yeah. And, the whole CSA of 70, you know, the, because of Timothy Leary, all that stuff. Yeah. It really. So uh, we use web three to tell those stories, you know, and use graphics um, to, to get people engaged in understanding um what happened, who was involved, and then you can rock a shirt that pretty much has the message. That's <laughs> awesome. We can always rock a shirt. Uh, <laughs> do you think I find I get excited about technology? Clearly, Dustin gets fired up about technology and blockchain. He's always talking to every guest about it. You must say it like five times a show. I'm saying it for you today, Dustin. Blockchain, that's time number four. Um, but when we sometimes get into the weeds, literally and figuratively, you find I feel like sometimes – on both the patient side and the you know the business side especially in cannabis more so than some industries this weird rejection of technological advances because it's i don't know given into the man or i should just not you know this whole whatever reasonings they have you find some fear of technological advancement maybe it's afraid of losing work for those things, how do you balance that with, say, customers or patients when they're coming in and like they don't like, oh, like, fine, I get your old fancy apps and stuff, just give me my weed. Like, how does that balance between like those legacy kind of just give me the plant person versus the newer customer who probably does enjoy? And we've, I mean, it's the reason we do it. All of the the technological stuff, the side effects, the or the side quests, so to speak, these learning engagements. How is that a balance for a cannabis company? to appease old school and to appease new school. I have to imagine that's very difficult to do. Yeah, but I guess those can be like two different markets. You have your brick and mortar where people can just walk in um, and you focus on uh, promoting the product. Uh, but also I, I do think that the consumer wants convenience. So if the mm -hmm. tech is going to make it clunky, you're going to lose the consumer. But if it's about efficiency and making sure that let's say the POS speaks to the marketing platform and, and it seems 
seamless for the consumer and, and, and not necessarily that they have to do all these different steps. Mm-hmm. Um, you create a smooth experience. I think um, you'll get, you know, whoever your target is. So yeah. um, I think it, it's about convenience, not necessarily reluctance uh, to use the technology. Um, and for us, you know, it's a company um, like Prime Harvest is tech focused for us, like the problem that we're talking tackling is using technology to um, make delivery service better just to you know get down the times because when you order you don't want these two to five hour windows you know when you're ordering your you want to consume right then and there unless you're expressed you know unless you your intention is to do it maybe tomorrow so you order it the night before mm-hmm. or something like that but you don't use doordash you know with a three to five hour window. And so for us, um, what we're doing now is trying to, to solve that problem and, and creating uh, an application that streamlines that and then uses the, the law in California um, to be able to do sort of like an ice cream model truck, uh, ice, cream, ice cream truck model uh, for delivery purposes. Oh, I feel it. I can slowly start to picture, hold on a second. I think that's everyone's dream, right? I think that's been like since Cheech and Chong days, the original stoner's dream was like an ice cream truck that plays like a cool song and it's coming down and the dude's got like, your dude is literally got like strains down the side. Like the ice cream truck has like the drumsticks and the SpongeBob thing with the gumball eyes. Like that, at least not in California. That would be. The the product, you know, has to be packaged a certain way the delivery vans have to you know have some type of security but you know you will get that sense of getting your cannabis right away you know maybe between 15 to half an hour the most um which is right now for a delivery of any kind you know cannabis or not that would be a reasonable amount yeah Um, so we're working really hard to to make sure um, we provide a solution for that experience using technology and you know the in compliance to be able to do it. That is, that's amazing stuff. I love what you are doing. Uh, we're speaking with JM Balbuena, which is great. It's great that you have all this stuff, but you went an extra step, JM. You decided to write the successful canterpreneur. So you're doing all this. You're working, you're running these companies, you're putting technology on the forefront. You have some awesome ideas. Why sit down and, you know, start to put this information out there? What was your drive. I mean, a lot of people you're working, you're a lot of time and effort to write this information out. What was it within you that felt like I need to share my journey? Well, something that you mentioned earlier, which is the fact that, you know, my voice, you know, being a woman, being a black Latina, being a veteran, um, I felt like uh, a lot of people would be able to relate to my story mm-hmm. um, of, you know, what we've gone over, what went going from a medical patient to a professional in the space, um, to an entrepreneur, to, you know, running businesses and things like that. And I felt compelled to represent, sure. <laughs> to represent these different voices, these different communities um, and let them know, hey, there's space here for you, too, you know. Um, if I was able to do these things, if I was able to meet these people that were also doing things um, and band together to create solid foundations to get you guys on board. Um, the purpose of the book was really to attract, you know, these communities and, and give them information um, so they can make an informed decision, not just about the plant, but also about whether um, they had the capabilities to provide value to the space, um, to attract high, high quality investors, not predatory, get those out of here, but yeah. you know, attract high quality investors, high quality entrepreneurs. Um, and, and again, just provide unbiased information from an operator standpoint, from, you know, uh, a woman in the space and, and things like that. And, um, I, I think it's resonated. I'm super thankful, you know, cause in writing it, um, I read a statistic that said that most people don't read books. So I was like, Oh, you know what? I'll talk, <laughs> I'll talk my shit. <laughs> <laughs> like they are going to read my damn book. And then, you know, and so, um, 
when I started getting feedback that people were reading it and, you know, it was like, oh, people do read. Oh, my gosh. You know, um, that's awesome. And it and, and made me, um, you know, mission accomplished. You know, people that looked like me were letting me know, um, hey, you know, I, I'm compelled now. I, I see a way. Um, and that that's all. That's that's what it was for. That's what it was for. So it fulfilled the purpose. So. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, you can pick up your copy of The Successful Canterpreneur from thesuccessfulcanterpreneur.com. There's a link in the comments below. Uh, you know, you talked about, as we kind of start to wrap up, just a few, you, know, you talked about uh, like avoiding predatory loans, which is a big issue in our industry, right? A lot of people want to get in the cannabis industry. There's a lot of people that see the green in the money and not the green in the plant, and they can take advantage of you. Uh, what are just some overall kind of suggestions? Oh, yeah. Stuff happening in the background. Yeah, somebody's doing the lawn. Let me just tell them. So sorry about that. No, that's all right. It happens sometimes. We lost they Dustin on this show. Yeah, I'm going to just talk. You do your thing. We lost Dustin Kava already here on the Because Cannabis Show. JM's getting the lawn mode. It's a practical world, everyone. Sometimes you just got to do practical things, and we're all just living in it. I'm going to cut my lawn probably after I record the show. So JM, you're long done today. You don't need to apologize. Look, we're all just living. Life happens. Uh, I'm glad you joined us today, lawn being mowed or not. I just like it that someone's mowing your lawn for you. I got to go <laughs> mow my own lawn, damn it. I need to write a great book like The Successful Canterpreneur. Um, what are just in general, like some overall tips? I imagine you get a lot of people who have a lot of great ideas, right? And ideas to me are just these kind of thoughts. You got ideas. I got ideas. That dude mowing your lawn's got ideas, right? We all got great ideas that just <laughs> sit up here in the ether. And then when you like snatch them, when you pull them down and you put them on a phone or fingers on a keyboard, you create plan like and then you start to launch forward but it's that struggle right just like uh, we all live in the valley of confidence and insecurity that gap of idea to plan <sighs> that sometimes feels like a las vegas to california highway just miles and miles and miles and miles of nothing like i'm gonna get there but gosh darn it does it feel like i'm just going forever with nothing happening along the way in the same desert view how or what have you given out as far as advice to the person who's stuck they're driving the road and there's no exits how do they go what do we do to get from idea to plan you have to take action that is what you have to do um, a lot of the times we read ourselves into a wall and we keep reading and we keep listening to someone else and we keep um doing courses and what you need to do is start start from the bottom um while i worked with my business partner again you know startup sometimes we ran out of capital mm -hmm. and i had to figure it out on my own you know to uh, go a couple of months without getting a paycheck um, and getting creative, you know, doing my own thing on the side to be able to continue to do because I was so interested in, in, in being where I am today, essentially back then, you know, five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, it's just, don't give up. You just got to keep finding ways to keep on going. Um, and a lot of the times you have to start again, you know, you may have mm -hmm. a tower, what, you know, one building block fell and I, you don't have a tower anymore. Um, but what you do have is uh, your idea, your why you're doing this. And I think that's most people in cannabis, um, their why is beyond just themselves, you know, because the culture of cannabis is about community. It's about compassion. It's about, you know, bringing this message um, to battle the stigma and to, to, to get more people on board so we can have a stable industry, so we can have a stable uh, access to the plant. And mm -hmm. so when you remember that, you know, that why that is beyond you, um, you find a way. You, you will continue because every there's somewhere that, that I read and I read a lot where wherever there is a problem, there uh, there's a solution so you just have to 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 think you have to go back to the drawing board um and find because look at us like what i told you earlier when we weren't allowed by law to enter the adult use market we could have been like all right we're done yeah um, no you know that's the cost of doing business now you just got to figure it out and every time you come to the other side of those hurdles 
you you're in a different level. Um, and, and even if let's say you have to start from scratch, now you're doing it with information. So you're going to, you're going to find a way. Um, and, and that's what I think you have to take action. You have to start at some point, you know, edu- you know, information overload is the thing. And sometimes it creates paralysis where yeah. you're like, damn, I know so much. I don't even know what to stop. <laughs> what to do so you, <laughs> you don't yeah. want to be there or stay there for too long um, because it's just going to get you frustrated, but you have to start with the building blocks and, and being at the bottom is not um, shameful, you know? It's it's the start of your journey and you should that means a lot. Um, But, you know, time's still going to pass. So you have to be about that action. (laughs) Have to. I love it. Have to be about that action. Uh, You are about that action, uh, J.M. Bueno. Uh, All right. Last question. Then we'll let you go here. Uh, Author of The Successful Canterpreneur. Uh, Just what's the future hold? What do you got going on? What is, you know, you're already someone who is with Prime thinking about, uh, you know, advancement, thinking about technology, some of the stuff we've talked about that you're doing with Web3. What do you think kind of the future for you and then kind of the future for cannabis? What do you think the future holds for both you and this industry in the next short, long term? I don't know. You pick a time frame. For the, you know, for the long term, for me, I will be uh, releasing my documentary based on the book. Um, My passion is filmmaking. So this plan has given me the opportunity to even include that in my repertoire. And so we've been filming um, with my businesses and other um, individuals in the space that are also contributing, you know, to making this uh, industry more sustainable and making this industry more accessible um, and things like that. So we're excited about hopefully by the end of the year, introducing uh, the Successful Campreneur documentary film. So that's one thing, obviously this capital raise with WeForThePeople.com. I'm excited to build a community of investors um, that also want to take cannabis matters into their own hands and, and, you know, contribute to the expansion and not relying on capital from uh, institutions that perhaps may not have the best interest um, in the industry. Mm-hmm. And and so doing it together. So I'm excited about that, the expansion um, of our business throughout the state of California. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the summer. What, what about you? What do you got going on? <laughs> I am just trying. Well, I'm enjoying talking to you. Thank you for joining us today on the Because Cannabis podcast from Wayward Media. Dustin Kava sends his apologies via text that he can't uh, continue this conversation. I think it's that same boat. I think we're trying to always find a way. Like we've done this podcast for a while. We interview some people. We're trying to get into content creation. You're going to see Dustin and myself. I don't know which ones yet, but some of these conventions going to do some, uh, you know, getting there, getting some interviews, doing some things. I think we're in that spot too. We're trying to figure out what do we do with our skill sets or abilities to talk to people and content and speak. And I think it's, you know, finding a way. I think we're looking into education. I think there's going to be some cool education stuff coming out. Dustin and I are both teachers. Like I, I teach at the Cleveland School of Cannabis. I, I teach a lean cultivation class. Uh, and kind of entrepreneurial startup, entrepreneurship, lack of a better term for that. So I like talking with people, you know, entrepreneurs like yourself, but trying to help, you know, I, I like we have a lot of just students. I say young, but none of them all are, but they're all like you or like me or someone who was doing a thing, right? I think that's what cannabis is. There are some people who were born into cannabis, so to speak, legacy, been growing it since their daddy was knee high, all that kind of garbage. I get that. But a lot of people have other experiences in life, have other opportunities and learned lessons and skill sets, both professional and personal, that are very applicable to this industry, to cannabis. And you mentioned it before. If you have something, there's probably a spot for you. It's the action. It's the A word, right? It's trying to get involved into it. So I think it's that same thing. I think we're trying to have these conversations, but you know, find people, find partnerships, continue to work and build that brand out ourselves, you know, like everybody else. (laughs) Absolutely. But you know what, as far as the industry and the future, um, I think uh, right now there's a lot of great people advocating for 
um, uh, equity, you know, social mm-hmm. equity in the sure. space. Um, there's a lot of women also advocating for women in the space, whether it's from the consumption side of things, advocating for moms, um, advocating for for um, women to be part of the C-suite. And so I think the future of cannabis um, is going to be more diverse. Um, I think people want that um, genuinely, genuinely. Genuinely, that's <laughs> easy for all of us to say. I mispronounce about 19 words a show per average counter, so we're gonna run with it. Okay, so I think people really want that and are working towards that. So I expect the industry in the next few years to to be more equitable and, and to and for people to have more access. Um, I'm working on that end as well, and so that's why I believe it. <laughs> I hope so. I I think it's gonna happen. I mean, we've come a long way in a few short years, right? Even since COVID, so I think it's got potential. I mean, I do. I I think it has potential and it'll grow, but it comes from people like yourself. It comes from, you know, people like Susie or people like Bridget or putting faces out there, showcasing. Here we are. I don't give a shit if you like us or not, but here we are. And this is what we're doing. And then you earn the respect because you got the skills. Right. And then other people, right, see that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is just quite honestly, generational. Like our kids, your kids, like anyone else, but people growing up in, say, Colorado, California, Washington, especially Colorado and Washington, where it's been legal since 14. Anyone right. born after 2015 or 16, my own kids, you know, Ohio's still very much a medical kind of, you know, mm-hmm. dictator state, but it's super legal in Michigan. We go up there all the time, right? Mm-hmm. In about 15, 20, 30 years from now, no one's going to care. <laughs> I mean, to a point, there'll still be some, but I think that's the biggest time will fix this. It's mm-hmm. just, I may not see that, but I, I'm hopeful that our future generations, and it seems like they would be, will grow up in a world where cannabis, weed, pot, whatever you want to call it, is not evil. Right. Right. It's not evil. It's a it's a business like alcohol, but you don't have to be embarrassed to say you do it, right? It's a business that anyone with some capital, you're always going to need capital, but right now the investment, particularly to get into plant touching worlds is enormous and so that's a difficult hurdle to overcome but it takes people i'll give a quick shout out just because we're talking about diversity uh for our school the cleveland school of cannabis our uh keynote speaker at our upcoming graduation is ariana kirkpatrick ariana kirkpatrick is the first female and the first african-american vertically integrated licensee owner in the state of ohio Uh, and she has a great story if you're not familiar she runs harvest of ohio harvest of oh.com she was someone and ohio had this whole process like happens when licensees come on and they do the social equity thing right which is a lot of sometimes this it's a lot of talk and so she was recruited for being what she looks like not who she is up here right mm-hmm. and she went with it she kind of knew it but then when push came to sub and she got kind of cut out at the last minute she took action and she right. said okay okay boys let's play and mm-hmm. boom here she is she has a successful operation she put her uh, cultivation facility in the southernmost part of Ohio, which if you're not familiar, JM, is very, it's right on the tip of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's very rural. It's very rural. It's very white. It's very probably conservative, right? And she purposely put it there is a majority black run company for Synergy. She wanted to force it into people's heads. If you want to work in cannabis, you're going to have to deal with the fact that you have an ownership in minority. And it's I it's been that. an amazing success for her. So just a shout out for her. But it's people like that, like Ariana. She runs a group of all the African-American owners in Ohio. Anyone who has an ownership stake, which is only nine, unfortunately, of probably 100 some companies. But they all get together. They promote these events. Uh, and it's a great thing that they're doing. So it's people like her, people like what you're doing, what Susie Palencia, what uh, Jesus Barola is doing, like what people are doing out there uh, talking about it, just right. coming on our show. And I appreciate you coming on our little show and sharing your story. It was really fun uh, to chat with you. But it's that it's just telling people again and again. I had a conversation with someone recently and they were annoyed that they felt and they're an African, just to paint a picture, they're an African-American male businessman. Uh, they make an amazing edible product, if I'm being honest. Uh, but they have, you know, a look, right? They has a look and he's not, they're not ashamed by it. He's tall. He's got dreadlocks. And he's always nervous that when he goes into these conversations, he has to do two things. Explain who he is and why he's qualified because of how he looks and then educate people about the plant because it's not, you know, evil. And with the honest conversation I had was you may have to for a while. You may have to repeat those same things for a while. 
but it's okay to build that. And it was to wrap this and bring it back around. It became his why, like, this is your why. So right. other gentlemen, other people, other people in your family, other people in your community can say, if you are doing this, I can. And so you may have to explain it and it is tough and it's not fair. It's crap, but I'm glad you did. And I'm glad you wrote the book. I'm glad you're proving Thanks. people wrong in what you're doing. I'm glad that you're representing your community, right? Well, and cannabis. Well, hell yeah. yeah. I'm glad you're representing cannabis. Well, so. Thank you very much, JM. You should learn from JM. Uh, go visit thesuccessfulcannapreneur.com. Pick up the book. Uh, we'll have all her social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, in the comments as well. So check that out. Uh, thank you, JM, very much for joining us today. Had an awesome conversation. I'm sorry, Dustin. He was so excited, but I'm sorry we lost him. Uh, we Here's what we'll do. Documentary comes out end of the year, sometime around that time frame. Uh, a- Got to see it. Uh, we just talked to, who do we talk to? Riddle, soilbros.com. Check out soilbros.com. We'll give them a shout out. Uh, they are four African-American gentlemen building an urban garden here in Cleveland, also cannabis-centric. And so teaching young men and women uh, and anyone, young anyone, who is just you know built in an environment that doesn't have greenery, that doesn't know how, that maybe not know how to grow an herb or a chili, like teaching them these skills right in the middle of downtown. And it's cool, right? And it's a very cool environment with what they're doing. So uh, when the documentary rolls out, the successful canterpreneur, we got to see it. We got to talk about it. Like yeah. we want to keep spreading your message out there. So uh, maybe at that time when that comes around at the end of the year, JM, we can get you back on and uh, keep this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was amazing. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully you're still listening. Hopefully you hit the subscription button, clickety clack with your finger uh, on YouTube every Wednesday, 420 PM, a brand new episode of because cannabis from wayward media. Also every Thursday, another, that same episode airs on Spotify video podcasts on Spotify as well. And anywhere that you listen to audio podcasts, don't forget to follow us socially at meet WM at meet WM. Follow us socially on there. Uh, check out all the other comments and such in there to see where they're at. Uh, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Take care.